are so honored that you're here with us for season three. We want to share, connect, and grow the paper flower community with you. Welcome to Paper Talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Susan Bond, and we've worked with Susan for a couple years now. But before that, we were Instagram friends, and we were supporting each other as (laughs) our paper flower business and paper flower journey started and now, I mean, look at her. She's teaches tutorials. She runs our makers meetings I know, in our Facebook amazing. group. And yep. she does this consistently every month, even from her hotel when she's traveling. Yeah. She's so committed to that. <laughs> Yay, and then, yeah. And then the last couple of months, she's uh, she and Jerry and at one point Inga mm-hmm. was doing or is, sorry, she is continuing to do the tutorials for the Paper Flower Challenge every month. We're so excited that you're here with us, Susan, and uh, welcome to Paper Talk. Thanks so much for having me. I know this is going to be fun. <laughs> it always <laughs> is fun when you join us for our chat. So yeah, I, I mean, we we really want our followers and listeners to kind of get to know you. They've probably heard of Susan Bond. They've seen your name in a lot of our our group activities on the uh, the Paper Florist Collective uh, website as well. But why don't you start by telling us a little bit about how your paper flower journey started? Um, it's interesting because when you had asked me to do this podcast, I started to think about wow, how long has it been? When did I make my first flower? I'm not really sure. So I went in and I went to Instagram, right? Because we all use Instagram so much. And I checked to see when I made my first flower post in Instagram. And it was in September of 2016. And right from there, it's funny because I see so many new artists, you know, paper florists that are so excited to get involved in you know making paper flowers and they really want it to happen quickly. And I have to tell you the first time I felt like I was making some headway was not until I think it was August of 2018. Our mm-hmm. challenge flower for that month was a uh, camellia and I really wanted to copy a camellia that I had in the garden. Mm-hmm. And so I did that and, and it was, and it was, a, I think it was one of my better flowers that I've ever made. But the clicker for me was when Tiffany Turner told me I had done fine work. <laughs> yeah. That was like, <laughs> that was my, oh my God, <laughs> Tiffany Turner liked my flower. <laughs> it was pretty exciting. And I think that is a, a big confidence booster when someone that you look up to reaches down and says, you're doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that definitely. makes them good teachers. And, and I really try to do that with our newer paper florists. And I think some of them don't realize that we've been making paper flowers for over five years. You know, all three of us have, mm-hmm. and that, they see the work that we post and they think, why, why can't I do that? It, mm-hmm. And it is a process. It takes a, you know, a while to do it. So I really try to encourage them to be patient with themselves and just enjoy the journey. And it may not be you know, perfect, but who cares, right? Mm-hmm. As long as it, whatever you're doing, as long as it makes you happy, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Absolutely. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to look at it yourself and, and make your own judgment. But it is really important, I think, to encourage those that are in on the path behind us. Mm-hmm. What point in your people flower journey did you decide I can start teaching this? What was that turning moment? Gosh, I'm not really sure. I know that 
uh, Jesse, you'd had some classes on Teachable. And yeah, yeah, you had a couple uh, classes on Teachable at that time when I did. And quite frankly, I was looking around and seeing who else was teaching. And I just thought I would try because I so enjoy teaching. Everything that I've done in my life has been about teaching. It's funny. I never didn't even think about becoming a teacher, but when I was in the financial services industry for 40 years before I retired a few years ago, and I always enjoyed working with the newer people that came in. And I was a skater most of my life. I've been a figure skater and I love teaching class at if they once in a while they'll ask me to teach Mm -hmm. and I just enjoy doing that so much and encouraging other people so it seemed natural for me to want to share our craft and you know I it's a real dichotomy problem that we have is that there is so much free stuff out there today Mm -hmm. that it's hard to put a price on our classes when everybody feels like I can just look on YouTube and I can learn how to do it from there. Why do I need to pay you? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a problem I think we all have that isn't going away. But I do like to encourage other people to do it. But we can't spend all that time filming and editing and getting cameras and, and you know, especially the time for editing. I find mm-hmm. that I might have three hours of filming, mm-hmm. but it's, there's really only 30 minutes of what I can actually use. <laughs> so he's editing it down. <laughs> oh, it's like 50 takes to say, welcome to the paper <laughs> Well, you seem very comfortable with the camera now. I mean, I, I, yeah. you know, I watch your lives and I watch your, your videos that you have for our group, actually. And you look very composed. You look very relaxed. You speak directly to the camera. So I'm sure it took a lot of work to get to that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I enjoy talking to, to the, and I know this process for most of us, when I look at the camera, I see my friends out there. And I don't know if you saw it, but it, it's been a long time now. I did a video on letting go of fear and it was specifically for paper florists, but it applies to anything that we do mm-hmm. in life. And I looked at the camera and I just talked to them like that was my friend. And I even had someone say to me, I felt like you were talking to me. There's, you can't put any value on any of that. That is just the thing that makes everything we do worthwhile. For sure. I think a lot of people, I think it's both. I mean, you t- you touched upon the paper flower journey in terms of it took time to feel comfortable and feel I'm an artist. You know, I, I think, I mean, all of us struggled with that, you know, mm-hmm. especially where we came from a different field where we're still or was at that time still in that field or left that field. But our identity was defined by, you know, you were in the financial industry. I was a lawyer, you know, Quinn was in catering and like, how are you, you know, getting to that point where you can say, wait, no, I'm not just that. I'm also now you know, I'm an artist. I'm, you know, paper flower artist. That takes so much time. And not just because your work is, it takes time to get to the place that you feel comfortable, like you said, but also your identity. It's a shift in your identity. At what point are you comfortable saying to people, hey, I'm an artist and not cringe, you know, and not be like, oh, I don't (laughs) want to go on. And, you know, (laughs) Uh, but I think it's the same thing was as a teacher, you know, mm-hmm. Quinn's question about, you know, at what point did you feel comfortable teaching? I think that says a lot about your paper flower journey as well. At what point yeah. are you confident that somebody would want to learn from you? You know, <laughs> like at what point are you happy that, you know what, maybe I've done something that no one else has, or I've done something that everyone else has, but people want to learn from me. You know, it's hard to to know. But at the same time, I mean, if 
it doesn't hurt putting yourself out there. Yeah, definitely. You know, yes, it's a couple of hours or maybe more of your work, but, <laughs> you know, of like editing and stuff, but it doesn't hurt. You never know because, you know, if you don't put it out there, no one knows that you're willing to or you want to offer right. teaching. And, and like you said, there are free things available. So maybe do free, a free tutorial first, see how it goes. That said, there's a very different market for peop- free people. <laughs> so there might be tons of people right. downloading your free ebook, but they right. might not be willing to buy. So it's a little right. bit different, but I think it's the first step. You know, just getting sure. comfortable with the tools and all the instruments involved and the technique sure. and it doesn't hurt, you know. No. Well, the first class that I did was the basics of paper flower construction. Because if you go back to when we started, there was nobody out there that was telling us anything. You got a little bit here and a little bit there. There was nothing cohesive about what do you need to get started? You know, now mm-hmm. we have the posy box starter box and, you know, things like that. So I did my first tutorial with the basics of paper flower construction and I talked about the most common papers that we use, how to pick wire, what kind of tools you need. And of course, then I have to go back in and now add the 90 gram. Um, because I, so I'm going to have to go in and add. And I, I do go into that class from time to time and I add bonus content mm-hmm. because I feel that it really engages if there's something new and I add another 15 minute video on it, then people are going to see the value in that. They're going to feel like you're not just selling them something, that you're really participating with them. I think that is so important. But yeah, sure. we didn't have any one place. I took classes from Tiffany. I took classes from Lindolan. And, you know, I learned a lot from those two. Mm-hmm. And like most of us, I started making paper flowers with um, Leah. And my first big piece that I did, and I post it once in a while just to say this is where this all started. It was a bit, and it's still, it was really pretty. It was <laughs> a, but it was all done with text weight paper. It wasn't crepe paper because they're just so different. And the first time I tried to use crepe paper, it was, I still have that flower. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it, it, was a ren- it was a ranunculus. It looks nothing. The only thing that makes it look like ranunculus is it's round and it has a green center. Yeah, not the best place to start, but you know, <laughs> there wasn't anybody there to tell me that I couldn't do it. And I hated it. It was awful. And I said, crepe paper's not for me. And I started going back to text weight paper. But what I found was because I was using my Cricut to cut all my paper, I wasn't putting myself into the work. Whereas crepe paper, I think occasionally I use my Cricut to cut crepe paper, but only if it's a really intricate flower that I just feel like I don't want to spend a gazillion years, you know, trying to cut out these petals. Mm-hmm. So I will use it for that. But in general, I think it's really important for people to, that's when it becomes art, right? Is when you can make it your own. I think cutting the petals is part of that. And people, and, and, and one of the things I really like to tell people is that when you're cutting out your petals by hand, how you cut out your petals and how they, the shape of your petal isn't the end all of how your flower is going to turn out. I could have five different people cut petals for me, but it's not the petals. It's what you do with the paper after mm-hmm. the, they've been cut out mm-hmm. that you make it your own. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really try, try to pass yeah. along some of that information. And I, and when we do our paper florist tutorials every month, I never use templates for that. I really mm-hmm. encourage people to put themselves into it and they're all yeah. different and they're great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love, I love what we see mm-hmm. from our members. They've yeah. been amazing. Yep. Our community is fantastic. 
always <laughs> cheering each other on, giving out pointers. If you guys are interested in this Facebook group, it's just thepaperfloors.org. Just search for it. Answer a couple questions. We'll let you in. The community's warm. They're fun. Yeah. It's genuine. And the questions we get, the answers, people <laughs> respond back is just absolutely fabulous. We have mm-hmm. a, an amazing maker meeting every single month at the last Saturday of each month that Susan hosts on Zoom and you get to meet some of the community members, get to chit chat, talk, find out what people are making each month, which is so fantastic. And you do such a wonderful job monitoring that and putting it together. So thank you so much. We really appreciate all the work that you do. Well, thank you. I love, I love doing it. I don't think I would do it if I didn't love doing it. Mm-hmm. And the people that we do get some of the few, same people every month on the makers meeting. And I love that, but I'd like to get mm-hmm. more of our members involved in our makers meeting. A couple of our members actually get on a little bit of time, maybe 10, 15 minutes before the appointed time for the meeting to start. And two of them, one of them is in New Zealand and another one is in England. What so are they doing? are literally, yeah. literally <laughs> opposite sides of the planet. And can we do a shout out? I'm sorry. Can we do yeah. a shout out? Yes. Yes. Such wonderful, wonderful ladies. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like Wendy uh, Anderson is is amazing, and yeah. she's probably the biggest cheerleader that we have as a group. I know, and she's she so and fabulous. Sylvie Ashton have just dis- yes. have developed dis- yes. this bond between the two of them, and they get on before the meeting starts, and and I just go in like half hour beforehand and turn on the Zoom meeting so that they can have their little chat. Oh before yeah, we start. I love that. That's awesome, yeah. and you it's know really what? Both of them post um so frequently mm-hmm. in the group. And I yeah. swear, like, Sylvie will, like, pull out something. She's been making a lot of plants. And I'm like, I love oh, my it God. So much. Great. Like, yeah. why are you not writing a book? <laughs> right. Exactly. A publisher. <laughs> but, like, the techniques that she's been using and sharing, too, I'm like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Like, thank you so much for sharing this wealth of information and experience yep. that Amazing. she has. It just and it just creates this wonderful dialogue between all of our group members about, well, what do you use? And how do you use this? And, like, just exactly. like, everyone chipping in and, like, sharing their two cents of how they use a certain type of paper or a certain type of medium. Yeah, it's, I love it. I think, honestly, everyone in there, like, their work is so amazing. You know, I have to say, I'm like, I was not like that when I first started. <laughs> right. Well, the, it, the, the, the paper flower challenge, a lot of times I'm really challenged by it. Mm-hmm. So in October of 2020, our paper flower challenge has been Alstomeria. And while it's really simple bloom to look at, you know, it's got six petals, nothing looks really out of the ordinary. It was one of the most difficult flowers I think I've ever made. And I didn't really have a guest artist this month. So I did, or for that month. And so I basically made the entire project on my own. I had no idea what I was doing. So what I really like about these paper flower challenges is we all get challenged. It's not just mm-hmm. our members are getting challenged. We are too. And we're learning. I learned some great new techniques every time. Yeah. Every time. And just sharing them. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like, thank you so much for sharing all of your experience and the techniques that you learn as you're making those flowers. <laughs> yeah. It really ups everyone's level. Like, yeah. you know, like beginners, quote unquote beginners, like when I started, mm-hmm. I'm sure I would have started yep. a lot lower in terms of the techniques that I knew. But being in the group and being having that access to those, you know, tutorials from you guys, everyone's flowers are just, wow. Like some flowers I I've know. never made. I'm like, that's probably better than what I would have done. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's, ama- it's amazing to me me how the caliber of the work that they're yes. doing yes. is 
awesome. And I love the fact that we have the banner every month where we take the previous month's flowers. Everybody submits their photo mm-hmm. on a thread that I do. And we end up with just amazing work. I could, I would be hard pressed if we looked at any of those flowers and said, this is a beginner. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Because they just really, once they're given this, the idea, the skills, and they learn the techniques, they just blossom Run just like it, the right? flowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like the flowers that they make. Yeah. It's just amazing to see them. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about pricing because we are doing, we are talking about pricing a lot this Wait. season. We are. You know, you run your own business. And so it'd be really interesting to hear from you. What are your thoughts on pricing? Let's talk about, I mean, because we talk so much about our group where there's a lot of, you know, newer paper flower artists. What kind of advice would you give to a new paper flower artist who wants to offer their paper flower product and they're not quite sure what to do about the pricing part of it. Pricing, as we all know, is the most difficult part of what we do. Mm-hmm. If I would have one recommendation to most people that want to sell their flowers is learn your craft first. Spend some time. I've seen some that you know have made five flowers and want to write a book about making paper flowers. I'm like, take the time to learn the craft, learn the paperwork figure out how it works and how it works for you. But as far as pricing goes, that's really hard. And I think most of that is based on how comfortable you feel with yourself or selling your, because you are, you're selling yourself every time. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I do live in a high cost area. So I know that my flowers are going to cost a lot more than someone maybe in the Midwest. It's just because I live on one of the coasts and, and that's the way it is in California. Quinn has that same experience in Washington where we can maybe charge a little bit more because it's more affluent area. But so I, I do the same thing that everybody else does, I think, is I figure out what I'd like to be my hourly wage and then triple the cost of whatever the supplies are. And I think it's super important to keep track of how much your supplies cost. I don't think people realize what the cost of each thing is. And obviously, if you're buying in bulk your, or even wholesale, your cost is going to be different than someone who is just starting out, maybe doesn't have a, a wholesale account somewhere and has to pay retail for their paper. Mm-hmm. But even though my paper is maybe less than someone else's, I still calculate out how much my paper costs. And I, I know what I do is I figure out how much it costs per foot, per running foot of the paper. And because I found that an awful lot of papers take about a foot of paper, it's pretty universal, I think. Mm-hmm. Or I can just, or I can easily say, well, this flower took two, two feet of paper. It's easy mm-hmm. to do it that way. So I break down the cost of my paper paper per foot. And do you break it down based on the type of paper? So it's, if you yes. used a foot of 180, I know that it's the cost of that divided right. by, you know, whatever, and it's a foot. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a foot of whatever type of paper it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we've got glue and we've got wire and, and tools. How much do your tools cost? Did you have to buy a new tool for this particular flower? Exactly. Medium for this particular right. flower. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know, if you're using Mod Podge on them, you have to, you know, you have to, you have to calculate in everything. And that is going to take some time and some discipline to do. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to happen overnight. And I have to say, when I first started out selling them, I just really kind of shot from the hip and said, what can I sell this for? Mm-hmm. And, and I actually still do that to some extent. It's like, what will the market bear? Mm-hmm. But I think it's really important to know how much your materials cost and don't 
undersell yourself. You have a talent, you're an artist. So I have artist friends and they don't necessarily break down how much something costs because they don't see as what they have as a a product per se that they're selling, but they definitely don't skimp on their hourly rate. That's a really good tip. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, think, at the end of the day, like sometimes when I think about it, end of the day, everything is in a pot, right? Yeah, right. When you you can divide it up and say, okay, this portion is for my materials. This is for my labor. This is for, I don't know, because I've got ten just, years of experience, or this yep. year is all right. my my mortgage and my rent yes. and whatever. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like all of it together. The other thing we were talking about at one point was shipping, you know, and shipping cost of, let's say not shipping, but let's say the materials that go in or the labor that goes into the time, Mm -hmm. you know, it takes for you to pack. Everything is, I mean, you're, let's say it's, you you charge a hundred dollars, that hundred dollars, if you break it up, then you have to, sorry, you could break it up, but at the end of the day, you still get a hundred dollars. So how you allocate where or how much everything is, that's kind of an internal thing that maybe is your secret formula, your secret sauce or whatever you are comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But as long as it pays for everything that you've listed in one way or the other, whatever percentage it is, then you're including, yeah, including your own value. And Mm -hmm. yes, your own value, that one, I think. And I think that's the hardest for all of us is, Mm -hmm. is what is your value? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the three of us, we've been making paper flowers now for what five years. And I think we have a pretty good sense of what our value is. And I know that as a new paper florist, that's really hard. It was really hard for me. And mm-hmm. I know I'm not alone in that one. I know that everybody says that. I mean, I started selling my paper flowers for $10 a piece when I first started. And I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. But I think if you, you have look to start at somewhere first, yeah, at a comfortable, a price that you're comfortable throwing out without you like, Ooh, um, $10. You just mm-hmm. say, yeah, it's $10. Mm-hmm. And the confidence in your voice, when you say that to a customer, the customer just accepts it, mm-hmm. but you have to be a hundred percent behind your product, behind your pricing before you can even vocalize it. And sometimes right. practice in front of the mirror and say it and look in your eyes and say, do I really believe in this price? All the effort, right. all the value, like what is value? Value is such an important piece. The experience that you lay on top of each part of you that makes you stand up and shout, yes, I'm a paper florist. My flower is worth $10 or 30 or 40 or 50. And mm-hmm. it's just being able to be happy with yourself when you say that is the mm-hmm. most important thing that you yeah. can do for yourself and for your customer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I have a, a real belief in this is under promise and over deliver. Oh yeah, definitely. I always under promise and over deliver. I always give them more than they think they're getting. But when you say that, what do you do? I will either handle, if, especially if they're in Marin County, I will hand deliver them or I'll throw in a couple of extra blooms or the presentation is, I think packaging and presentation is everything. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the over deliver. I, I always heard this when I was younger that anybody would rather have a hamburger well served than a steak in the vape. <laughs> so as crazy as it sounds, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's in the delivery a lot of times. I always make sure that when I wrap up my boxes that a, a ribbon comes up and around it and ties on the top and there's a personal note to get in the top of each box so that when they open it up, that's the first thing they see. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I've added in a lot of branding with that. I think that when people... You got to admit when people, when you're in front of somebody and they have that box and they open up that box and their eyes light up, I am always, that makes my heart sing. 
Mm -hmm. I love that. So I think part of all of the over delivery is just making the packaging is has to be perfect. Now I use brown boxes for mine. My I did order some white boxes and I'll continue to order white boxes for different sizes. But I think a white box with your label on it is a big part of success. And I even write a little on the box, something beautiful inside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just a hand. So, so that starts the whole experience, right? Mm-hmm. Something beautiful inside. And I, I think that makes a difference for people. Yeah. Let's face it. When you go to Neiman Marcus versus going to Target, right? When you're in Target, you're lucky to get a bag at all. If you go to Neiman Marcus, you're going to get a bag. Everything's going to be wrapped. It's going to, the presentation of it is perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think people really buy into the presentation. Yeah. Yeah. I think it really, really helps. My biggest success in my mind of my, of the validation of my business is that Cardotechnica Rossi used photos of my flowers in the catalog of their 90 gram. And they were at a paper flower show or a paper show. And Tiffany Turner was there and she told me she saw my flowers blown up on big posters. Yeah, like three of them. There were like six pictures, and three of them were mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think we saw those in the yes. group. Beautiful. Yeah, I was just when I got the email from Martina, I was, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, are, are you kidding?" Yeah. And I always, I always thought maybe that Mike had something to do with it, and he said he didn't. So, <laughs> I didn't. but I, you know, that's my new favorite paper uh, is the ninety gram, mm-hmm. but. I, it, that's, that's kind of one of those things that it's a once in a lifetime. It didn't mean money, but it meant validation. And I think everybody's yeah. looking for validation. For sure. For yeah. sure. That's and I think you're pleasing. very good at giving that during our makers meetings and in the Facebook group, you know, just providing that kind of reassurance that, oh, you know, you're on the right track. No, great. Re- I mean, great talk. Great reminder for, for us as seasoned paper florists that our words matter, mm-hmm. our encouragement matters. Yes. So to be very careful in some aspect mm-hmm. of what we say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To other paper florists. Right. Because it does matter. There's a weight to it, you know? Mm-hmm. I will take, if one of our members is having a difficult time with our challenge flower, I will ask them, you know, what, how can I help you? And there's many of our members, I've done really short 15 minute Zoom meetings with them just to walk them through something that they were stuck on. I think it's really important for us to do that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Over delivering, Susan. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. You're right. All right. We have a fun question for you. Something Jesse and I are starting the season. So when you're making all those beautiful paper flowers, what is your your drink of choice and what do you want? The drink of choice depends on the the time of the day. Um, I'm, I, I'm a real coffee hound. So we have a lot of coffee during the daytime. And black I do like to, I'm sorry. Black coffee? Is it no, black? I make, I have a really nice coffee system at home uh. that makes a, a macchiato for me every day. Oh, so, nice. Even layer, it'll even layer. So you make the ask, layers. Does it make a difference? <laughs> it does. It does. It does. So I have plenty of macchiatos during the day. Mm. And so that's super fun. But if I'm working in the late afternoon, early evening, I most likely will have a glass of wine while I'm working and I enjoy it. And what do I watch? Wow. Lately, unfortunately, I've been listening. I've been doing streaming CNN, which is probably not 
Oh, not you're making paper flowers. <laughs> yeah. Does it affect not the way you make your paper flowers? <laughs> Do they get angrier? <laughs> exactly. You know, and the question is, you know, there are two offsets, right? The, the watching CNN or listening to CNN gets me all ramped up and the making paper flowers yeah. is like by Zen uh, on the other side. So they kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. But in normal times, because we know this isn't normal, I, I really like the show The Blacklist. I don't even know if I've ever gotten through it, but the fun part about it is you can just pick up anywhere and you're good to go. And so I really enjoyed that. That's one of my favorites. And I loved Scandal. If you haven't watched Scandal, watch it. it the clothes that Carrie Washington wears, I worth know. watching the show. It's, so beautiful. it's really beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, I look for something that doesn't require, I did Game of Thrones, you know, mm-hmm. that way. Something that doesn't require a lot of Bought. Yes. <laughs> I, I want something because I want to concentrate on what I'm doing. I don't yeah. want to concentrate yeah. on what's playing. So I really try to look for easy to watch yeah. things. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, just feed me, spoon feed me. Yeah, just, just, yeah. So just something coming into my head. So yeah. I, I mean, because we all know we have those little voices that's talking to us as we go along. And, yeah. you know, what is this going to come out okay? And, and it's nice what to is When you all had asked me to do this, one of the questions you had was, what advice do you have? One of them is don't stop. Just keep doing it. Even if you think it's not coming together, keep going. It'll come together. Yeah. It will. Yeah. And and if it doesn't, so what? You've wasted a little bit. You've wasted a foot of paper. Who cares? Yeah. Put it away. Let it sleep on it. The next morning with fresh eyes, you can look at it. And that's exactly. the great thing is our creation is paper. You can trim things down. You can manipulate mm-hmm. the paper even more after the fact. There's sometimes I look at my peony. I'm like, oh my God, what did I put together? But then <laughs> I just like look at it. It's like, okay, I'm going to start fiddling with, with the petal. Just kind of perk it here, turk it there. And suddenly before you know, I fixed it. So right. it. That walking away is important. I've had a lot of epiphanies in the middle of the night. I will literally wake up. Up in the middle of the night and say, that's how that works. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how that's going to come. That's where I'm going wrong. And, and if you just keep at it, you know, maybe, but when I say keep doing it, I mean, don't throw it away. Mm-hmm. Although I've done plenty of that, but I think just keeping working on the same project mm-hmm. is going to get you to the end. Even if you think it's not going to go where you want it to go. I totally agree with you. Everything's a learning process. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't get it now, you go back half a year later you nail that because you're there now. You know? yep. oh, yeah, I think the lesson is just to be patient. Let things come as they, when they should come. It takes time to grow as an artist and to know how to price. That said, our second lecture for the Paper X Talk series, Pricing with Confidence, is, is on November 14th. And yeah. so that's a couple of days from now. So if you guys want to hear more about pricing, the factors that Quinn, Jesslyn, Aaron, and I consider when we are determining how to price or quote, make sure you join us, Paper X Talk. Uh, yeah. Check it out. It's going to be on our website. So you can buy tickets $8 per lecture. Or if you are a member of our directory, it's $5. So hope to see you there. And we'll be talking about the different factors that goes into pricing. Things that you might not be obvious on your list. I mean, supplies, paper, your time, value. Yes, all of that. But there's a lot more that goes into it. And so we're going to talk about the process of how we put a target amount of sales that we do each month. So that way we can backtrack and say we need to meet price it a certain way to meet our target budget for the month. 
And so I think it's a really interesting way to like look at pricing because there's so many different ways you can look at pricing and we want to give you four different versions of it. Um, listen to the first or watch one, the first one. And I think it's very valuable, especially for someone who's new and is, is struggling with pricing. Thank you. We really appreciate that. It's been really fun just hanging out with the four of us, I guess, talking about pricing and hearing each other's stories. I mean, when we were first talking about putting this together and talking about pricing, we're like, oh, I, I really want to hear more because there's so many different avenues you can go into. And it was just really fun to hear everyone's story and outlook and feedback. And also like, have you thought about doing this? Or did you even think about doing this? So that was really fun. Yeah. It's great yeah. to see how our industry coincides with the fresh cut florist mm -hmm. industry mm -hmm. and how similar they are in many ways. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure actually, if we, we had invited someone who does, who's a ceramist or who does embroidery, they too would have similar or overlapping, you know, issues mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. that we have as because we're all artists, we're all creatives. Yeah. So, you know, part of it is going to be not just hard numbers. Mm -hmm. It's going to be that difficult. Well, what all value numbers. do you place on it? And yeah. how do you sell that? You know, because I'm all about, it's not just a number, you know, it's right. also like how you, how you strategize to price it. How do you present it? How it's more than just a number. So it's going to be really interesting and exciting to hear from the other ladies about how they price and their approach. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you guys can join us. We'd be we'd love to see you there. Exactly. And Susan, thank you so much for joining us for this hour. It was such wonderful. It was such a wonderful time. I love or we love catching up with you and you're always yeah. a joy just to chat about anything. So and yeah, and of course, we're so thrilled that you stayed on as an admin and we're very thankful and grateful to have yeah. you. You've run the makers meeting and that's <laughs> a huge part of our, our Facebook group. So thank you so much again. Right. Yes, Don't forget the makers so meetings the last Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. <laughs> Pacific. So um, unless I'm traveling or something that is has to change. But thanks so much for having me. And to all of our friends out there, Quinn and Jesse are just like in they are in real life, just like they are when we see them on video. <laughs> Thank you, Susan. <laughs> Thank you, Susan. This is so awesome. If you're looking for a way to support us, please hit subscribe and write us a review. We would appreciate it so much.